Welcome to the Big Ticket Clients Podcast, where we feature expert thought leaders and cover the best strategies, stories, and psychology you need to land big ticket clients. Because as you know, you can't catch a whale with a worm. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Pillay, and it is my pleasure to introduce you today on the Big Ticket Clients Podcast, Randy Brunson. Randy, how are you doing today, sir? I am glad to be here, Dr. Pele. How are you? I'm doing very well. Oh, Randy, you know, it is a pleasure to have you here. You know, Randy, you are the CEO of Centurion Advisory Group. You are a family man, a musician, a person who has written books. In fact, I want to talk to you about your third bucket book very soon. So okay. you've got all these things going, but let's start from the beginning, right? Like, who is Randy Brunson? Where do you come from? How did you become this successful person in your space? Tell us about you. Well, short version, I uh, grew up in a small town in the Midwest, and life was defined by three things, work, uh, family, well, four things, work, family, school, and church. Those were the things that defined life, uh, but that was decades ago, and uh I have been around the financial space for about 40 years in several iterations. Uh, and uh, across those years, my wife and I, we have two children, both in their, at this point, both in their late thirties. We have six grandchildren. Mm-hmm. We are very, very grateful. So, well, you know, and I know that you're a humble man. I can tell you don't want to spill the beans, but I'm going to, I'm going to make you spill the beans here because our audience wants to know things about you. For example, You've written a wonderful book called The Third Bucket. Can you tell us what that book is about, how you came about writing that, and how does that relate to your financial advising business? I'm interested sure, in that. A, thank you. Thank you for the question. That's a, that is a good question, and I like telling the story. The story of The Third Bucket, first of all, how the book came about is I was challenged by the co-author, a gentleman by the name of Rick Cope, and Rick is a personal friend of mine and a very successful entrepreneur in his own right. And Rick builds companies. First of all, Rick is a retired full bird colonel. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was a retired from the Marines as a colonel. And Rick starts companies specifically to build them so that he can give the stock away, make a charitable contribution of the company. Mm-hmm. So that's what Rick does. And I've known Rick for about uh, 11 or 12 years. And about seven or eight years ago, Rick said to me, you need to write a book. And I, I don't need to write a book. You know, I, I enjoy writing, but I don't need to write a book. And so after about two years of him encouraging me, finally, I said to Rick, I said, okay, what we will do is you and I will write a book together. We will hire somebody that knows how to write and we'll put this book together. So that, that's what we did. And so from that effort, I, my first thought was, okay, in six months, we'll have this thing published and we'll be good. Mm-hmm. Well, two and a half years later, we actually had a book in print. and so. The story of the third bucket is the third bucket tells the story of the impact on a business owner, mm-hmm. the the positive impact on a business owner and his family when the business owner discovers that he can give from assets rather than giving from income. Mm. Okay, because there's an under, underlying philosophy in in my life and in our practice and how we how we engage, and the underlying philosophy is one of stewardship rather than ownership. Okay, mm. and what happens? One of the beauties of America is its absolute raw power to create wealth. Cap capitalism 
works. Yes. Okay. And it just it, it's incredible in its power to create wealth. The challenge with that is not the wealth itself. The challenge is when people allow themselves to become subject to the tyranny of ownership. Mm. And when people think that they own and control everything, it, it can cause anxiety, fear, concern, stress of every sort and description. Mm-hmm. They're, they're afraid of losing it. They are afraid of, of things going south. It just creates all kinds of challenges. And so the, the choice we have made is to embrace stewardship rather than ownership. And what that means is that everything under our care, mm-hmm. the dollars, the relationships, the hours, everything under our care, we are stewards of, mm-hmm. okay, to to use those gifts we've been given to uh, make the world a better place and to enhance and increase the quality of life of those around us, right? Wow. And so that's this told in a story form. That's the story of the third bucket is what, what happens when the gentleman that actually owns a technology company, mm-hmm. uh, when he discovers that he can begin giving his company away and what happens in the, the, the family dynamics when that begins to happen. It's just an incredibly beautiful story of what happens. So yeah. that's the yeah. story of the third bucket. Well, you know, I, I want to encourage anyone listening to check out that story because I am a fan of using parables to make points. In fact, I wrote a book called Parable Point Presentation that talks about that. So you've done an excellent job. It's almost like, look, when you think of the story of Jesus, who was he really? He was a person who told parables and used them to make his points. It's a powerful analogy. So thank you for writing that book and then connecting the points to living a purposeful life, a financially powerful life, a successful Wow, you've covered it all. But I got to tell you, you didn't you, you didn't get here just by by accident, right? You went through some trials and tribulations on your own. Can you tell us about how you had to start over from scratch after finding out you were at the wrong mountain? <laughs> like you, you know, you you got to a level of success <laughs> and you had to start all over again. How did that happen for you, Randy? Well, I'll give you the short version. Okay. Uh, I have been around the financial space uh, yeah. I've been around the financial space for about 40 years, and all that means is I'm an official old guy, right? <laughs> but, uh, been around the financial space, space for about 40 years. During the 80s, I was on the corporate side. It was my job to know stuff and to work with the uh, professionals in the field to be a, a, a technical resource. Went through a corporate layoff in January of 91. Mm-hmm. At the time, had um, two elementary-age children at home. And they like to eat on a regular basis, so I had to go to work. And at that point, we began working with clients. Ten years later, around 2001, mm-hmm. I went into a real estate partnership with two guys that I knew well and a fourth guy that the three of us did not know well. Mm. It turns out that that gentleman was not who he said he was. All that means is we did not do our homework. Okay, and the the net result of that of that business relationship or that business partnership was that everything went south not not only did it completely wipe out my personal financial statement mm. i was on the hook financially for dollars that i did not have so i realized by 
2003. You, you were, you were seven, you were seven figures in debt. I think you said, yeah, That's yes. amazing. we were seven figures in debt. I had completely blown up my business life. I had managed to ruin just about every business relationship that I had. I was, I was still married and that was only because my wife and I were too stubborn to get a divorce, you know, <laughs> uh, we, but we literally, we, we, we started over personally. We started over professionally, uh, on the personal side, we decided that we wanted to be married, that we wanted to be married to each other. Those yes. are two separate decisions yes. on the, on the business side, uh, decided to start over. And so in the fall of fourth quarter of 2004, first quarter of 2005, about 14 or 15 years ago, started over. But what I realized at that time for the first time in my life was that I did not know everything and my name was not God. God made mm. that very clear to me. His name is not Randy Brunson. <laughs> so um, at, at that point, I started listening. I was in my late 40s and I started listening and learning. And one of the some of the many, many gifts that I have been given is I am surrounded by men, both by men, both personally and professionally who I go to for advice, for counsel, and for input. On the on the business side, we have go-to people that help us build our budgets and, and keep us accountable financially. Mm-hmm. We have people that we go to for operations assistance, for organizational health input, and for uh, marketing strategy. How do we communicate well who we are and how we serve? Mm-hmm. And then on the personal side, we have uh, I have men as well. So I'm so grateful that men have chosen to invest their lives in me. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things we offer is we just, uh, when we work with clients, we simply offer to help them as one of those three or four key go-to people that they turn to for advice and counsel. Wow. No, that's powerful. And, you know, thank you for that story of, I have to almost say redemption. You know, you, you sort of lost it all and then you found it all, you know, and, and it has now informed the life and the business that you're you're experiencing right now. Can you tell us a little bit, um, uh, Randy, about your ideal clients? You know, I love how you explained earlier that just because someone's check can clear a bank <laughs> doesn't mean that you want to work with them, right? So, so right. T- tell us. What is an ideal client for you? And, and let me put this in context for you. O- on our show, the Big Ticket Clients Show, we talk almost religiously about focusing on the right clients, okay? Correct. So so I would love to know what defines an ideal client for you, Randy? Sure. Well, uh, first of all, let me, sh- let me share what's common mm-hmm. uh, in, in targeting clients based on the reading that I do in the financial... In, in the financial press that's written for us as advisors. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Typically you'll read some marketing strategists and they say that you need to define your market by, they have this much on this much income or this much in assets, or they need to be this age or they work for this company or they specialize in this occupation. You know, the the basic demographic information that's, that's classic. Okay. It's just a base. That's not where we start. Mm -hmm. Some of those may have an influence, but that's not where we start. And where we start, we look for two things first, first and foremost. First of all, we look for engagement. Mm-hmm. And secondly, we look for financial habits. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way we evaluate engagement is in the very first conversation when, when someone shows up. And if the person is married, whether husband or wife, we expect both the husband and the wife to be in the room. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. If they are, if, if one is not available, 
we will reschedule. And if the, the partner is uh, permanently unavailable, they simply will not become a client. Mm. Okay. And this is especially true with men. Okay. When a man will reach out, if they don't have the moral authority in their own home to bring their spouse, their wife to a meeting, mm-hmm. okay, they do need help, but they need to start with marriage counseling before they see us. <laughs> I, I hear you. Okay? I hear you. In that first meeting, we have what we call a first meeting package. Okay. And it's simply five or six uh, pieces of paper that describe who we are, how we serve, what the service calendar looks like. But it also includes a two page document that we refer to as our engagement standards. Mm-hmm. Okay. It spells out. Here's what you can expect from us, and here's what we expect from you. Mm. Okay, we expect anyone who wants to be a client to read that and to initial it and to offer mental assent to it. Because what what it requires of the client, if we are going to work together, when we reach out to them and we request information, mm-hmm. we expect to receive it. Yeah. If we call them or we send them an email because we have a question, we expect a response. You need engagement. <laughs> we need engagement. That's the first cut. We are not going to chase clients and we are not going to chase prospects. Mm-hmm. We are good at what we do. We are grateful for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. But clients must be intentional about engaging with us because if we are going to serve them well, there has got to be collaboration. There has got to be engagement. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's number one. The second thing we look for are good financial habits. And here are the five things we look for. Number one, we look for households that spend less than they make. We look for households who always maintain a cash reserve. Mm-hmm. We look for households who avoid debt. They choose not to have debt. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if they do have debt, whether it's anything from a home mortgage to business debt, anything else, they understand and embrace the philosophy of having less debt than more debt. And they, they buy into the concept of, of getting rid of debt. Yeah. Okay. Number four, we look for households who want to make and implement long term plans. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because of further somebody can see, the larger their financial statement. And when you can see a long ways and you're willing to engage in activities and behaviors now to move you there, your future is extremely predictable. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the fifth thing we look for, it's a philosophy. It's for, uh, we look for households who choose to be generous with their time, their talent, and their treasure. Powerful. Okay. Powerful. That's what we look for. You know, yeah. what's, you know, what's interesting about, um, the way you talk about your business, you know, on your website, I'll give you an example on your website. I, I don't see here's a financial planner come and, you know, work with me. I see here's your life. Here's your business and your purpose. Here's, here's a book that, you know, tells a parable. I mean, you are truly using storytelling principles, life principles to connect with people. It's almost like a marketing strategy. Is that intentional on your part to, to lead with people's lives and, and sort of their authenticity? 
uh, versus just the raw cash aspect of what you do. I mean, you help make people rich too. I know that, but you seem to lead with these other human things. Is that intentional? Well, yeah, it, it is intentional. And, and yes, we are grateful. We've been able to serve folks and help them do well. And, and, and it's so rewarding to have some small part in, in the quality of people's lives and helping them achieve things financially. And we're grateful for that. Uh, but the, the, the website, yes, I mean, sure, we, we have a story, but nobody, mm-hmm. I promise you, nobody uh, wants to read my bio. It's got highlights. It's got lowlights. It's got some education. Things, but that's that's just standard stuff. Everybody's seen a resume or a CV, yeah. and nobody wants to read that on the website. Who cares? Yeah, they don't yeah, care. Yeah. What, what people want to know is, you know, uh, the, what they're looking for when they come to the website or when they call us or send us an email mm-hmm. is they're having some experience that they need assistance with. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they've just, I don't know, sold a business, received an inheritance, uh, their parents are aging. Um, they their business has exploded, and and uh, they just got their tax bill, and it just turned all their hair gray or their teeth fell out. I mean, it just <laughs> who, know, who knows what their experience is, right? Yeah. Uh, we, we we do a lot of like tax planning, charitable gift work, investment management, lots of long term stuff. You know, scenario analysis, all that kind of thing. But um, but what people are looking for is is they're attempting to identify a team that they believe understands them, mm-hmm. their situation, the things that matter to them, and can help them sort of synthesize all those personal preferences. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's the philosophy one on one question: Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Okay, and so what we hope to do is to be able to understand that when 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 we have the opportunity opportunity to serve. Mm-hmm. What we want to get clarity around is who are they, mm-hmm. why are they here, where are they headed, what matters, mm-hmm. okay? And then then we simply synthesize the hard data, and the hard data is income and assets, okay? Mm-hmm. And everybody has income and assets. Absolutely. You know, uh, the numbers are just numbers. You know, it doesn't matter if there's seven figures, eight figures, nine figures, ten figures. That doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But, every, you know, the, the goal is to, is to integrate or synthesize those into meaningful courses of action mm-hmm. that allow clients to be comfortable with their situation, um, make plans for the future, enjoy their families, enjoy their lives, enjoy their business environment, and um, be able to live on purpose without fear of the future, fear about money, anxiety, and concern. Yeah. You know, you know, Randy, you are someone who has lived a, a powerful journey, the ups and downs, and, and now you find yourself in a space where you're living a life of purpose. And kudos to you for that. You know, in closing, in closing, if you had one, two, or three nuggets of advice for people who are on that journey, who maybe are struggling in marketing or, uh, you know, want to move to big ticket clients and be successful, what would your advice be to, to such people? Don't quit. <laughs> Don't quit. <laughs> I love it. Number That's number one. one. Okay. Don't quit. Yeah. Uh, persistence. Persistence alone. You know, just in in that don't quit category is you know persistence. Uh, two, two, three, four things. So the persistence element. Continue to read and associate. You, you've heard this. You've taught this. You believe it. You live it. Okay. 
where you and I will be in five to 10 years is a function of what we read and who we surround ourselves with, you know, what we listen to, music, people, books. Um, and, you know, the journey is a process, not an event. Okay. Absolutely. So, so continue to learn, continue to surround yourself with, with books and people and ideas that stretch you and grow you and continue to be persistent. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then, then give thought and reflection and time to uh, the purpose question. Mm. Go back to the philosophy 101. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And what impact do I want to have on the world? What, you know, because the, we're here. Uh, the only thing we take with us through eternity is the relationships we build and influence here. So, and from that, I think most people can identify a the types of clients that they were designed to serve. Absolutely. Okay, because comp- competition. Okay, if you study the concept of competition, mm-hmm. competition by definition assumes scarcity. Mm-hmm. Okay, meaning that I've got to get these clients because if I don't get these clients, somebody else will. I'll be. I'll miss out. Yeah. Okay. That's not the case. We, we live in a world of abundance. We live in a world of abundance. Okay. And that's something we can choose or not. And uh, the wisdom literature from across the millennia suggests it doesn't matter who you read, but the wisdom literature across the millennia suggests that how we think and the words we speak have enormous influence on our future. So we can choose to believe that we live in a world of, in a, of abundance. So, we do. Therefore, I'm convinced that there are people in the marketplace every day of the week, mm. okay, who are looking for your help. They are looking for our help. And those that will listen to this podcast, they are in specific locations, they're in specific environments, they have specific relationships that they are, and there are people looking for those people right now. Absolutely. And so, the opportunity in front of us is every day to get up, to sow seeds, to identify how we can serve others, knowing knowing that as we sow seeds and we're consistent and persistent in that behavior, that those seeds will yield a harvest. What we don't know, the timing, we don't know the amount. But when we believe that, I've found just phenomenal things happen. Mm-hmm. Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. So how can people reach you? Do you have a specific uh, location on the web that you like to send people to so they can interact with you if they want to learn more? Where would that be? Yes. Yes. Uh, on the website, there's a way to reach us. It's, uh, you can go to the contact uh, section of the website mm-hmm. and send an email. Mm-hmm. Uh, the email address, uh, uh, that particular email address is info at centurionag.com. Okay. okay, Centurion is C-E-N-T-U-R-I-O-N, CenturionAG.com. And so it's info at, that comes to several inboxes here in the office, including mine. Yep. So if someone sends an email to that, it comes directly into my inbox. And that email also comes to my phone, so I get instant access to it. All right. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So, so. So the website that we can reach you on is CenturionAG.com, all one word, C-E-N-T-U-R-I-O-N-A-G.com. Um, where you can talk about or you can learn about financial mastery for life. I love that. 
Financial Mastery for Life. Randy, thank you so much for being a guest on the Big Ticket Client Show. You are an inspirational gentleman, and I it's a, been a pleasure for me to, to learn from you today. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Pele. I very much appreciate the time. I've really enjoyed it. All right. Thanks for tuning in to the Big Ticket Clients Podcast. For more episodes and strategies, visit BigTicketClients.com. That's www.BigTicketClients.com. And remember, you can't catch a whale with a worm.